No, it's the free one. It's the free one. Hello and welcome to a free free episode of Trash Future. It's (laughs) Alice Alice, you're great. You're grateful compared to Riley (laughs) because I actually am helping by reminding you that it's the free one. Yeah, you're assisting me because uh, our fearless leader Riley is away. And me, you know, I'm not the step host. I'm just the host that stepped up. Mm. Correct. I've written a little episode. And to be honest, this one's kind of all dessert. Yeah. You know, Riley, Riley, he likes to make us talk about sort of like financial instruments and stuff. Whereas what I've done is I've found some real like clown shoes yeah. shit. Mm. And I, I hope you're excited to join me. We're here mm. with our indulgent stepmother, Alice. <laughs> Not to be confused with our wicked stepmother. Your, your fun stepmother, your fun aunt, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's starting right. to wear like. We all like the sort of recently divorced father who's like. Desperately wanting to make his kids like, you know, desperately wanting to make the kids the favorite. So yeah, it's just yeah, like yeah. treats all the way up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to like bond with you and connect with you. I'm trying to be like, <laughs> is, is it called a, an EVA? Is, is yeah. that what you like? <laughs> and then when Riley comes back, like you'll get into an argument because you like, because it's like, no, they have to, they have to, the children have to eat their vegetables and the vegetables are financial reports for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 this fight that I have with Riley sort of uh, <laughs> this time next week is like, why do I always have to be the bad guy host? You know? <laughs> why do I have to be the one who like, you know, makes them learn about the IMF? <laughs> but no, we, yeah, we got right. some fun stuff. First of all, little piece of news. Mm. You may have heard about this. After having killed 15 trillion lab animals, Elon Musk has finally put okay. Neuralink in a person. Mm. It's in a person's head now. Well, that's how he warmed himself up for creating Neuralink. You've got to kill a bunch of lab animals just to get in the zone. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, if, if you're that first person, right, and you go, what kind of preparation did you do for this before you put it in my head? How worried should I be? They can be like, don't worry, we killed millions of pigs. <laughs> so we're pretty certain this is going to be... You know, like safe for you because you're like mostly sort of like pig physiology uh, when you get right down to it. <laughs> yeah. Brain's very similar. Don't worry about it. Yeah, exactly. Well, a pig will look you in the eye and respect you as an equal. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and and so now Elon Musk has put the the Neuralink thing, uh, the neural implant, in a person. And what you can do with it, he says, is control your phone or computer by thinking. Right, he calls it the telepathy app, which right. Okay, it's it's not like a huge like I wouldn't get my head cracked open to get this put in, but the sort of the pitch that he's making is you know we're going to use it for people with like sort of like really debilitating disabilities or like missing limbs or whatever, so mm. they can go on the yeah. phone too. Um, really debilitating thinking. disabilities such as being a white South African. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're hoping to find a cure. <laughs> doing the like Christopher Reeve like uh, a sort of edited advert where Elon Musk comes out talking normal yeah but the- <laughs> hello I'm Elon Musk <laughs> together together we can make this real but no we, we get a sense of exactly what kind of disabilities Elon means because with his sort of trademark subtlety he said imagine if Stephen Hawking could communicate faster than a speed typist or auctioneer that's the goal. 
<laughs> I love that those are the two things they've chosen. A speed typist or auctioneer. Why not both? <laughs> but Stephen Hawking or auctioneer is a fun sitcom. <laughs> just, just doing theoretical physics, but like really quickly. Yeah. Like what if the Epstein Island stuff had come out earlier and he'd had to quit physics and had a second career? You know, where's his like Joey <laughs> spin-off where he's like trying to be a small town auctioneer? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is the other strange thing is that Elon Musk said this like yesterday, right? So it's like after all of the you know revelations about the private island and, and so forth have come out about Stephen Hawking, it's it's a weird choice. Like apparently he just hasn't checked in on the guy lately, and it's just like Stephen right. Hawking. Everyone loves him, you know. What if he was of faster? <laughs> um, which <laughs> I, I don't know. Now I'm I'm sort of less secure about mm. creating some kind of like science enabled turbo nonce. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is potentially an issue. We've we, yeah, we've speeded up the wheelchair, <laughs> <laughs> make him all the more able to catch children. This is the one thing, <laughs> the one thing we did not want to happen. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but so. This is the thing, right? I th everyone's sort of making their jokes about how the person that this brain implant has been put in is gonna, you know, their head's gonna explode like scanners, right? Mm -hmm. And it's an Elon Musk product, so that's a very real possibility. But to me, this strikes me as like the early Teslas, where like he didn't develop this, he's meddled with it a bit, but he's just like bought his way into this company that already existed. Sure, yeah, that makes sense. What concerns me, and the reason why I wouldn't get this put in my head, is there's still a lot of ways for Elon Musk to, like, fuck up all of your shit, even with a product that works. I mean, that's what SpaceX has been, right? The rockets kind of work until Elon Musk makes them not. And in particular, now there is a human being who's who has, like, an implant in their head the function of which yeah. is tied to not so much like whatever Elon Musk is doing, but like it's tied to like Elon Musk's marketing needs. And so, mm. you know, in the same way that SpaceX, they're like, oh, we'll just launch this one rocket without the shields that stop it from like melting everybody's cars in like a three mile radius or whatever. Now, the sort of like rollout and the use of this technology inside this person's head, which is going to be in more people's heads, is tied to the kind of whims of this like impulsive, greedy, lying, stupid dickhead. Which sounds great. <laughs> what do you really think, Alice? I think I think maybe I don't need to go on my phone that badly. That that's a lie. I do need to go on my yeah. phone that badly. <laughs> <laughs> I got the Elon Musk Neuralink and now I have this insatiable urge to run over a child. <laughs> Just like Naruto running towards a school gate in the hope of taking out as many as this possible. This sounds horrifying to the extent but like well if 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 the only thing that the Neuralink really does is sort of kind of let you deal with your posts. phone and do posts, but it's also yeah. just like one. I mean, the thing that I sort of hate, like you know, you know, the thing that I hate about technology. But like, wouldn't you just wouldn't you just be tormented by notifications? I, I basically am already. Like this guy, like, this guy is going to kill himself because, like, all he's going to see and all like every time he gets a notification, like his brain is going to just like, get an impulse, right? Probably. And I imagine because of Elon Musk, like there is no way to actually turn off the button that says I don't get notifications. Or if there is one, then he's fired the people who can do that because they're woke. And so this guy is going to die. He's doing the like Twitter yeah. thing where it like 
forces you to follow Mr. Beast because he's trying to like red pill yeah, Mr. Beast. Yeah. And so now every time Mr. Beast posts, this guy gets like a brain zap or something. <laughs> the, the the Mr. Beast brain implant that makes you do that weird smile. Or he's just like tormented by those weird <laughs> Twitter ads that like don't make any sense and like, you know, are, are mostly just guys like really pining for their ex-wives um, for some reason. Like they're not even selling anything. We're just yeah. like, we're just like, my wife used to hate this suit, but now that I'm free from her, I can wear it. Um, which I like, I saw something basically along those lines, like a few days ago, but there's going to be no way to turn them off. And so this guy, like whoever's got this Neuralink is going to like either be killed by the amount of mm. sort of like electrical impulses that his brain now has to deal with, or is going to kill themselves because they cannot get away from like the fact that the internet and just being online is so shit. Yeah, I mean, imagine that you have like, you know, God forbid, you have something like locked-in syndrome, right? You're just like, and you yeah. have to like exist without being able to like move any of your body at all. Mm. And Elon Musk is like, hey, I can improve this. You can use X, the everything app now. <laughs> you, you, can, you can check out what's going on on there. Yeah. And I, I, mentioned, I mentioned this second bit purely to annoy Riley, but we know that mm. Elon Musk has this kind of thing where... People will reply to him on Twitter, and on the spur of the moment, he'll just lie, right? Mm. Was someone, like, so, some blue tick was like, hey, Elon, why don't you, have you considered using this to restore sight to blind people? Um, and Elon, of course, is like, I have already thought of this, most obvious live ever voice, <laughs> it's going to be called Blind Sight, after... A book oh. I don't believe that he understands, but which is Riley's favourite book. We did a Left on Red about it, that's going to be coming out soon, you yeah. can listen to that. Yeah, he's going to give you the chip that turns you into a vampire. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Like, it's just, it's such a fucking, uh, like, poser sci-fi thing to do, right? It's the same with like all of the culture mm. references and stuff. Um, and in particular, it's really funny to me to, to name something to give a blind person's sight, blind sight, the opposite of what that is. Um, <laughs> mm. Because because of blind sight, I, I assume that's a thing that's good, right? It's when you can see instead, mm. of, instead of the opposite yeah. of that. It's when you were blind, but now you see. Yeah. So um, much much to yeah. consider here. Um, the novelization of Amazing Grace, blind sight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've, we've accidentally gotten Elon Musk into the different kind of novels, and he's like, you know, got little women up there now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's he started going to like a gospel church. <laughs> that would that would now that would be a cursed Elon Musk trajectory. <laughs> Elon is way too racist to do that. Not because there's anything wrong with gospel churches, but just Elon Musk specifically attending one. Mm. It would get weird. It's. I mean, frankly, he's already weird, and it's going to get so much weirder because this is like you know the first of many. They're going to keep putting these into people, mm. and. One of the things about uh, implanting stuff in humans is that you can't ever have it be obsolete. Mm. There was this thing, yeah. speaking of blindsight, there was this thing that happened where a bunch of people had their sight restored by like artificial eyes, and then the company that, yeah. that was making them went out of business and they couldn't maintain them anymore. And all of those people lost their sight again. Now, I mean... Yeah, that is that is honestly, it's like Corey Doctorow levels yeah. of like, yeah. I can't believe that happened in real life. But yeah, I remember hearing about that as well. That's fucking mental. So tying that to the business acumen and like survivability of Elon Musk, 
And it's it's not even your eyes, it's your brain. My brain subscription ran out. <laughs> it like it's like throttling your brain power. Like you suddenly like you just you like you can still basically live, like you you function, but you just be- get really into Love Island. You're like, oh, this is what it's like. <laughs> this is what it's like to care about, you know, Casey from Cheshire. <laughs> Getting the like sort of social media lobotomy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's Neuralink. I, I understand Bevo now. <laughs> <laughs> I too want to swallow things whole like a snake. <laughs> maybe that's good. Maybe maybe actually it's a positive thing. We should let Elon Musk lobotomize all of us. Maybe yeah. it would actually be a purer... Like this podcast could become like Mum's Basement or the Joe Rogan experience. Could be cool, you know? We, we wouldn't have to yeah. stress so much about things. Yeah, Riley comes back and he's like, oh, what do you think about the brain chip? Yeah, I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah, pull that up. Yeah, I get that stitched down in my brain. I want to become, I want to get a chimp brain. <laughs> this is Riley Riley on vacation having been sort of like indoctrinated into Neuralink. It's just like <laughs> yeah, ready yeah, to yeah. red pill the rest of us, yeah. Riley gets like bonked over the head by like a very expensive bottle of uh, claret in Gloucester's. <laughs> and then <laughs> he accidentally gets the Elon Musk surgery. But but so that's that's Neuralink. And we'll see how that develops, whether someone's like head explodes like in scanners, or whether it's just one of those things that Elon fucks up a bunch more. A, a yeah. chilling portent of things to come. Just mm. as a quick hit, we remember George Osborne, friend of the oh, show, Lace of this parish, yeah. former Chancellor of the Exchequer. Guy mm. with a bunch of weird jobs as well. Yeah, we're doing we're doing Justin Lee Collins shit. Where is he now? <laughs> we're gonna get him, Cameron, <laughs> fucking, you know, Cameron uh, having a weird kind of resurgence, you know. But George Osborne, he's he's sort of like he's the member yeah. of the band that like Justin Lee Collins has a bit more difficulty finding. Um, Inviting like him, Cameron, and Nick Clegg to a village hall, but not telling the others that they're going to be there, and then just them all turning <laughs> up and being like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. So, so he has a new job after mm-hmm. uh, the British Museum and the Evening Standard. He has been uh, asked to join Coinbase. The uh, oh, like the this is co- very Nick Clegg coded, actually. Yeah, right. But like, at least Nick Clegg got Facebook. Whereas mm. George Osborne is stuck on the Global Advisory Council of the sort of crypto thing that tries to let you buy a croissant with crypto and it takes like five minutes. <laughs> yeah, who wouldn't? It just seems so outdated. You know, like we stopped talking about Coinbase a while ago because there wasn't much else going on there. Like crypto was kind of done mm. and washed. But it doesn't matter. There's, you know, they're still lobbying. They still have money, uh, and they're still doing the same shit of like, mm. please regulate us. Please make us in charge of what the regulations look like. I mean, also, it's it's, it's really telling that like as um as like faith in crypto like continues to waver, mm-hmm. um the UK was like, or the UK seems so like UK politicians seem so desperate for it to work, and so in the same like in the same way as AI like these AI companies like are sort of looking to the UK as being, you know, one of the bases where they can sort of uh settle down and uh you know not have to pay much They're like tax. the British government is too dumb to regulate us. So <laughs> yeah. I think it's also this degree of like desperation of like, oh we need something to like help the line go up. And you have to do it in a way that doesn't involve spending any money or making people's lives easier so they can be more productive because that would just be counterintuitive. And like, you know, in relation to um in relation to George Osborne in particular, the architect of austerity, this sort of feels like this sort of feels like, you know, a very poetic, I don't want to say endpoint, because I feel like this is a guy we're never going to be able to get rid of. But 
it does sort of seem like a logical next step for him because it's like, yeah, like, you know, one of the sort of, the sort of result of like austerity politics is just the fact that like you are now desperately looking for like any source of growth, even if that growth is entirely fabricated and who better to sort of have that, like be on the council than just like, yeah, this guy who sort of made that all happen. He's he's going to repeat history and he's going to do austerity to Bitcoin as well. <laughs> oh yeah. It's going to be worth less and less. <laughs> well, the tr- trouble trouble with George Osborne is is uh, once you've got once you've got him in, he's um he, you can't get rid of him. He's he's like <laughs> Japanese knotweed. He does seriously affect the property value. You know, well, the Chilton Firehouse got condemned. <laughs> you see, they couldn't they couldn't fumigate him out. He was too deeply in the walls. Yeah, they were get they were getting all sorts of dodgy investments. <laughs> yeah. So 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 Coinbase his London office is going to have him embedded in the walls, and meanwhile, Nick Clegg of all mm. people is the one who made it to Facebook. So you know, we we wish yeah, him gonna well. They're going to wall him in like a hermit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sort of Coinbase mm. Amontillado uh, seller. Yeah, I think it should be like a kind of like a mystic cosmic rule that every job George Osborne does, he has to be publicly booed at some point, like he was mm. at the Olympics. Yeah, I I kind of agree with this. I mean, it, it, there's a lot of good for reasons American to... listeners. He wasn't competing. He was there in his position as a government <laughs> minister. That isn't yet another job <laughs> that George Osborne's had, like the steeplechase. <laughs> Just a man who loves to like apply for jobs. He wanted to be head of the IMF mm. at one point. My God, I know. Yeah, he wanted to be Tom Cruise's boss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so George Osborne, we 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 wish him every success in making crypto worse. Mm. At, with all of the same acumen that he's applied to, you know, real money. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, who better to be in charge of Dogecoin? Also, just like yeah. the real man, like all his other sort of projects that I'm aware of, like, and how they've gone. Like the Evening Standard just sort of like fucking tanked under the him. British Museum. The British Museum got yeah, shit stolen think- under his watch. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the, the kiss of death is hiring George Osborne. <laughs> so that. That was so funny, the guy stealing stuff from the British Museum and selling it on eBay for like basically nothing just for the thrill. <laughs> that was awesome. It's like shoplifting, you know, it's a victimless crime. Yeah. I like I like the idea of like second order theft. Like this was stolen from like, you know, some tribes in Benin and now it's been stolen again. <laughs> yeah. By the transitive property, you know, it's barely even stealing. Hmm. Just to wrap up the news, you may have seen on Twitter that a bunch of people got very excited because the quarterly reports for Alphabet, which is Google's parent company, Microsoft and AMD, just dropped, and the results were so mediocre that it wiped $190 billion off the value of like AI in general, a bunch of AI companies. Mm. Oh no. I know. You, you you hate to see it. And so a bunch of people yeah. were saying, well, clearly this is like peak AI. This is the end of AI. People are starting to see through the fact that it's a really shitty idea. And I would that it were, right? I, I wish it were that mm. simple. But instead, I, I looked into this a bit and it turns out that it, this is not AI dying. What this is, is people realizing that it's difficult and expensive to do. And all of these companies are like mm. spending more on it. It's just, we've yeah. had this like period of like hype and hype and hype and hype of AI is going to have this like big transformative step change where it's going to be able to do more than write a sort of really unconvincing college essay for you at some point. Yeah. And it still hasn't quite happened yet. Yeah, but it can draw you uh, Drake with an XL bully, both wearing kefirs <laughs> at the Senator. That was pretty transformative. But, you know, whenever yeah. you do that, Sam Altman, 
comes along and says, well, yeah, okay, but the next thing is gonna, you're gonna be able to, like, befriend Drake and his XL bully. Yeah. And so far, you know, uh, GPT-4, which is OpenAI's sort of latest model, nothing's outperforming it on its own terms, and we know mm. that the sort of, like, metrics for how an AI performs are kind of bullshit anyway. But it it's kind of still stagnating there. There's mm. there's nothing left on the internet for OpenAI to steal. Yeah. The next big thing is probably like putting some kind of like reasoning over all the stuff they've stolen. Mm. But that's just like that's the same thing with a slightly better memory and it's still being sort of like merrily poisoned by all the like Habsburg AI stuff. You know, it's still feeding yeah. off of AI content and like junk data. And it's still being used really weirdly. And this is why now getting into the recruitment portion of the podcast, you can get a job working for OpenAI, drawing pictures of Drake, XL bullies, remembrance <laughs> yeah. copies, kefirs. Yeah. Like, well, they need a lot of raw data. Yeah, we need more images. I mean, basically mm. getting a job for OpenAI is the only way in which you'll get to do this because the real effect of this is that it's just killed a bunch of the like AI startups, mm. which are right. like hemorrhaging money and stuff. So now... AI is, it's not dead, right, but it's even more centralized. So, like, even more mm. than it was a couple of months ago, AI is something that, like, Microsoft or Google can do, basically. Well, it shows me that AI is, like, so, it's so resource-intensive mm. that I can't believe there were, like, small companies trying to do it. It's like having, like, a startup oil company. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, you know, oh, yeah, we've got one oil rig. Like, what? <laughs> just just rolling in one barrel of, like, Brent crude, being like, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> who wants to buy my barrel? <laughs> the marketing could be great, and you could be, like, the brew dog of, like, oil, you know, Mm. Oh, AI for punks. Yeah. Mm. Brood dog. Well, I mean, I was thinking I was thinking more about a brew dog, but what if brew dog was like a pet, like an oil refinery? And so like the taste yeah. indistinguishably different. But the barrel <laughs> would have like, you know, sick graffiti or something like that. And I thought that was quite mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My startup oil company. Yeah, I like that. This is the way that we like make Britain a sort of global leader in oil and natural gas exploitation for the next generation is we make it epic. And a bit punk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Should be great. I look forward to that. Mm. Like, we smack my bitumen up, the new product <laughs> from. Uh... Yeah. Oil barrels where the barrels just say mental health on them. <laughs> we, 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 we like to think of this rig as being like one big punk family. It's like a cool house share. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mohammed been talking to his chaps, you know, all this kid. <laughs> so, yeah, probably not the end of AI. Mm. It, it, it is funny that the market was like, oh, fuck, this is more difficult than we thought. We better, like, throw a shitload more money at it. But mm. I'm going to hedge a bit, right? Yeah. It will be funny if we're wrong, if I'm wrong, for two mm. reasons. One, because taking over for Riley for the one thing we get wrong ever is, like... Absolutely, sort of taking a bullet for him here. He's played you. <laughs> yeah, he's he's he sent me forward to like be wrong about this one thing. But mm. second of all, because if AI just implodes as well, like everybody's hoping, then yeah, our big sort of like idea of what like technocratic governance looks like is you do some shit, you tinker around, and then you call mm. it AI. If that's unsustainable as well, then you can't do 
anything with technology anymore. <laughs> it's just, mm. it's it all goes to shit. There's no wallpaper paste thick enough to like paper over the, the cracks. Is that what you use wallpaper paste for? In, in <laughs> sort of our societies, you know? Mm. So, we'll see. But in the meantime, I think it's it's kind of more of the same. Interesting. An an well, interesting portent of things to come. It remains to be seen. Mm, shaking the big sort of magic eight ball. Yeah. Mm. But first big dessert for us. Okay. All we, right. We got to talk about the Olympic Games. We mentioned them earlier. Do we do we like mm-hmm. the Olympic Games? What do you think about the Olympic Games? Because pretty good. I enjoyed I enjoyed George Osborne having a go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I never knew he could do rhythmic gymnastics. <laughs> What if George Osborne, right, was subject to a kind of rigid, like, Russian state doping intervention program, where we put George Osborne on the world's best steroids, and then we saw exactly how rhythmically gymnastic Mm. a, like, 60-something-year-old former Chancellor of the Exchequer Anabolic Osborne. Is he is yeah. he over sixty? I feel like he's younger than that, isn't he? He's about the same age as Cameron, I think. I have no idea. I just I fu- I fully pulled that out of my ass. Because the thing about the the Cameron cabinet is they were weirdly young by the standard of like British ah, politicians. Yeah, fifty to fifty two, George Osborne. Really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I, I I feel bad bullying someone that young. Yeah. You know, it's like child what? abuse. <laughs> Mark that on your bingo cards. <laughs> yeah, George Osborne aged. Yeah, draw a green dotted lines for George Osborne. <laughs> Mark yeah. his pelvis and so on. But so the the regular like pussy Olympics, right? <laughs> yeah, it's what I call Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> they don't like it when you shoot a fifty two year old man full of steroids. And no. that's been the sort of limiting factor on the Olympics for a long time, and it's why they're shit and no one cares about them. Yeah, and that's why none of them got very far in the fucking Soviet space program. <laughs> <laughs> this this is the theory behind something called the Enhanced Games. Ooh. We've, we've heard whispers of this before, but we're talking about it now because they've done some venture capital funding, and Peter Thiel and Balaji Srinivasan and mm. uh, a couple of other, like, Cool, normal guys. A couple of normal guys have Regular thrown dudes. a shitload of money at, at the Enhanced Games. And the Enhanced Games' deal is you can take as many drugs as you want. We are trying to establish like the sort of maximal human potential for like sure. doing the long jump or whatever. Mm. And I think, quietly, this is the only cool thing that Peter Thiel has ever done. The cocaine long jump, stopping yeah. to talk about your business ideas. Yeah, I want to see the boxing event where a guy punches another guy's head clean off his shoulders. You know, yeah. <laughs> I think we can do that. But the other guy's on so much heroin, he doesn't even care. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. know what's funny about this is that this isn't even a dumb business idea. This is a hack open mic stand up comedy premise. Like the amount of people who are like ten gigs in, who I've heard go, "Yeah, oh, I think the Olympics would be better if they just let them all be on drugs." Imagine that, and it's just like, yeah. And then some guy is like, <laughs> been like Peter Thiel has been to a fucking open mic, and he's listened to that, and he's gone like, yeah. What if they did make the whole plane out of the black box? The real story of how this got started is not that far distant from that. Great, perfect. But yeah, so so Peter Thiel, he throws money at all this like transhumanist stuff. Uh, his other big thing is the Methuselah Foundation, which does like anti-aging. <laughs> Excuse me. 
Right. <laughs> so, like, they're, they're the ones investigating, like, how to not be old, how to remain a twink forever. Right. Oh, crazy that Peter Thiel's interested in that. Yeah. Peter Thiel, he, <laughs> he wants to be, like, a supervillain or possibly a vampire lord. Like, uh, he wants to be able to, like, throw cars over his head and also never age, which I yeah. sort of have to hand it to him on. He read a picture of Dorian Gray and thought it was an infomercial. <laughs> NFT of Dorian Gray. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> My rare Dorian. All my hideous apes gone. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even look at my hideous ape. <laughs> but so this is the brainchild of of one guy, and it's a it's a weird fucking guy. Um, there's this Australian lawyer called Uh-oh. Aaron D'Souza, mm-hmm. and he kind of talented Mr. Ripley'd Peter Thiel. Uh oh. I have I have a, a long quote here from the Independent. On his fifth day at Oxford University, Australian law student Aaron D'Souza attended a talk by Peter Thiel, the billionaire co-founder of PayPal. Afterwards, D'Souza showed him around campus. As they chatted about Thiel's business, D'Souza asked him a question. What's the biggest problem you face? Thiel replied with a litany of problems, but the top of the pile was the unwanted press he was getting from a media outlet called Gorka, which had outed him as gay. Gorka? Gorka. <laughs> Pop on down, Mr. Teal, to the forcible outing. Uh, and and Teal... <laughs> Pop on down to the to the sauna dojo. <laughs> Teal didn't want the attention of taking Gorka to court, but D'Souza had another, more cost-effective idea. What if Teal bankrolled someone else's lawsuit? They met ah. for dinner in Paris a few months later where D'Souza presented his plan of attack. The 24-year-old, who had never had a serious job, made a compelling pitch and was hired. Teal went on to wage a proxy war, secretly funding the wrestler Hulk Hogan over a sex tape that Gorka had made public. <laughs> you gotta fund, you gotta fund my lawsuit, brother. <laughs> literally, it was literally it was Hulk Hogan like getting cucked. Yes, amazing. Five years later, Hogan won 140 million dollars in damages, and Gorka Media filed for bankruptcy. So this is who this guy is. He's he's like a, a lawyer now. He's like got a doctorate and stuff. But he basically just happened to catch Peter Thiel's ear as a student and was like, "Hey, I will I will kill Gorka Media for you, right? I will be your hired gun." And it's interesting because he's kind of left this social media footprint behind of being sort of a bit of a social climber, right? Like you can you can Google mm-hmm. him, you can find articles from like way back where he he used to do like stuff with like young Australian like political engagement funded through the Clinton Foundation. Oh normal. Yeah. He had an unprofitable uh like business called Good Super that was gonna make it easier to invest ethically. Okay, yeah. That's very TF season two. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. Just sort of bouncing around from like idea that doesn't quite work, idea that doesn't quite work. You know, basically amazing. Get... This guy hasn't been featured on TF before. He's been he's yeah. been rattling around our universe for a long time. Exactly, exactly. And then he happens to to sort of to meet Peter Thiel and sort of find his ear instead. And it's it's interesting that sort of like if you want to make it right, then it, you know the safe bet isn't the Clinton Foundation anymore. It's being Peter Thiel's Renfield. Um, and that's that's what he's done. That's why he's in charge of the, the enhanced games. Uh, and now he's mm. he's doing the press round for it, where he says, "This is the route towards eternal life. It's how we bring about performance medicine technologies 
then create a feedback cycle of good technologies, selling to mm. the world more revenue, more R&D to develop better and better technologies. Or alternatively, a sprinter dying of like a horrendous newly discovered cancer in his 30s. Oh yeah, it's going to melt some people. Uh, much like <laughs> Neuralink, you know? And mm. what is performance medicine about? It's not about steroids and getting jacked muscles, it's about being a better, stronger, faster, younger athlete for longer. And who mm. doesn't want to be younger for longer? Again, this is all just sort of courting Peter Thiel and his sort of like philosophy of I should be an immortal vampire lord. Yeah, um, sure. And for that, he does need a Renfield, so... Yeah. But the thing is, this is all well and good, right? But you have to actually put on an event at some point. And sure. that's the part where it gets really sticky. Okay. Because everyone involved in this is quite evasive. And there have been a few sort of missed deadlines of when this was going to happen. It was initially going to be last year, and now it's going to be... They're going to do an exhibition this year, right. and then maybe mm. the full thing in 2025. And uh -huh. it keeps kind of slipping. And it, no one's actually willing to say, I don't think, what events, what sports they want to do. Mm. Okay. There is, there is a line from The Independent. D'Souza says he has 500 sleeper athletes <laughs> who are breaking world records in their basement and sending us videos of it, ready for competition. <laughs> yeah, but most times wanked in an hour. Yeah, and like CNN can't find any of them. None of them are willing to talk. Yeah. So we have a bunch this of like... This is Dracula flow, like I'm, I'm breaking world <laughs> records in my basement. I'm sending you video. I got 500 sleeper athletes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I don't know if this is true or not, is the thing. Uh, I, I do it's kind I've of... I've got 500 men smoking symbiotes. <laughs> Yeah, maybe maybe he does. Maybe he has five hundred guys sending him strange videos of them, like cranking out Guinness World Record attempts. Yeah, but, <laughs> fastest egg and spoon race. Yeah. <laughs> Again, like I think that if if doping like made you that good, like that much better, we know in like sporting events that like there was sort of functional impunity for a bunch of stuff, like cycling, right? Like Lance yeah. Armstrong was doing whatever he wanted. They're still all on drugs in cycling because you can't yeah. you can't do the Tour de France without being on drugs. It's physically impossible. Yeah, and so th there's no like guy who does all of the drugs that he wants and is like does the Tour de France at like 500 miles an hour, right? Yeah. There's pretty clearly a ceiling on this stuff already mm. in the regular olympics but the idea is they're going to they're going to sort of like host this exhibition at a college in the southern united states i guess for like mm -hmm. anti woke reasons and then uh, you know a crowd a crowd of people at you know Barry Weiss's like university of austin are going to see a guy rip another guy's arm off or whatever. We're going to prove that a white man can beat a black man in the 100 meter dash. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if that was actually like one of the motivations. And the other thing I was sort of thinking about is because a lot of these guys like also have this weird fixation with like trans people playing sports, mm. right? And I yeah. did wonder whether like it's sort of related to that in a weird way, like not in the sense that like they're even sort of pretending, but it's more, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I wonder whether it's sort of being motivated by both racism and transphobia. 100%. Mm. I, I think it's this fantastic thing of trying to have it both ways of being like very concerned about 
you know, like biological advantage of like trans women and women's sports, and then being like, I want to see a guy do as much <laughs> human growth hormone as it's possible yeah. to do. Yeah. Well, because we know that like the only way that you can actually rip someone's arm off, you know, it's totally fine to like have some weird experimental drugs that would allow you to like rip someone's arm off. But uh, you do have to be a biological male or female. Yeah, the six million dollar. That, that's the that's the only restriction. I, the thing is, right? I think I could do a better job than this guy D'Souza, right? Because I could convince Peter Thiel that wrestling is real. Like, that's oh, all yeah. he wants. He mm. wants like <laughs> to see some like big guys do yeah. some like strange things. That's what wrestling is. It's got like <laughs> yeah. high drama to it. That's what Triple H stands for. They're all hormones. <laughs> Human hormone hormone. <laughs> I was I was sort of thinking like is he trying to invent Tekken? Right? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Peter Thiel is trying to make Tekken real. That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> because like Tekken Tekken is a Tekken is effectively that. It's just like what if you had like a bunch of like freaks who all like fought each other and like you know some of them are sort of possessed by demons and stuff like that. Yeah. And Peter Thiel saw that and he was just like yeah fuck fuck yeah let's Mr. make Mr. Thiel real. we've successfully built Yoshimitsu. <laughs> we've we've released him into Birmingham <laughs> as an experiment. You get enough money, and you just see pretty soon you start founding the Kumite, you know, from Enter the yeah. Dragon. Correct. As to whether this can actually happen, even aside from the question of whether they can organize it, whether they do in fact have 500 roided up secret athletes ready to sort of like yeah. pounce Triple on, H, on the but they gave him estrogen by mistake. Like The Undertaker <laughs> comes in and he just starts crying. <laughs> what are we fighting about? <laughs> this. The other problem is, right, no matter what insane state you choose to hold it in, this is probably like very illegal. Not just in the sense that, like, the federal government gets very interested in doping and anti-doping, mm. but also because you, you kind of can't just shoot people up with steroids just because you feel like it, even if you are Peter Thiel. Mm. And so the response from, like, big sport, woke big sport at the, you know, mm. the IOC has been, this is so stupid, we're not even answering this. Apart from one guy, one guy, the head of the US anti-doping agency, who called it a dangerous clown show, which <laughs> is any good clown show in my book. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and closer to wrestling, you know? So yeah. I don't think this is going to happen, but I really hope so, is the thing. I, I want to see what in the hell they can produce out of this. Yeah. But the answer, it turns out, is probably going to be like just taking a bunch of, you know, Teal yeah. and Balaji's money and just spending it on websites. I'm know. still kind of hung up on the idea of like their mission statement just being like, at the core of the enhanced games are our twin values of racism and transphobia. <laughs> <laughs> it would be so funny to do the like corporate social responsibility Black Lives Matter type blurb but just from like a right wing perspective. I mean that's kind of what happened with um, the Democrat who was running against Biden in the primary we talked about the other week where they made him take the DEI statement off his website and make it less woke. You know? Oh wow! Um, yeah, the so. diversity and exclusion statement. <laughs> so, so that's so that's the uh, the enhanced games, and I for one mm. cannot wait. Yeah, um, we'll be tuning in. Yeah, you can yeah. get those on BT Sport. If you've got that. 
Just, just the BBC has to cover it, and Claire Balding, like, sort of covering, mm. like, a human head being punched clean through the air. <laughs> John, John Inverdale reporting live from a man lifting a truck off the ground with his back. <laughs> this is the thing, right? The thing that really strikes me about Peter Seal and, like, all of these billionaires is that these are, functionally, these are children. Like George Osborne. They want their, sort of, delights, uh, and they want them in a way that mm. is... Not even convincing. Is it too much to ask for all nine of my delights? Yeah, you know? Of course, the last of our delights. Mm. <laughs> we have a beautiful, a beautiful reading series. And oh yeah, let me tell you, there is no fat on this one. This is... The whole thing is in the notes because not a word of it is wasted. I have yeah. selected for you Isabel Oakshot. Yes. In the Telegraph. Yes! Sickosmeme.jpg <laughs> Headlined, Britain will lose the next world war, it's too woke to fight. Amazing. Perfect. That's so true. Let's not talk about the way that the Tories have cut every single bit of the British army to the point where it's basically no longer functional. Let's suggest that it's too woke. We're going to suggest how woke it is in a very strange way as well. Because okay. she begins, Swiss neutrality began half a millennium ago, after the Battle of Marignano, which ended in a thumping by the French. The humiliation was enough to put <laughs> they got them off a clump from the French. <laughs> yeah, they, got, they, they, they received le clump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the humiliation was enough to put them off ever going to war with an external enemy again. That policy has long been the butt of British jokes, which, again, your classic anti-Swiss joke that we all know and love. Yeah. But, yeah, don't pin this on us. Everyone hates the Swiss, and with good yeah. reason. They're smarmy bricks. <laughs> but, but they may soon be the ones laughing at us. If yeah. war comes tomorrow, the Swiss will be surprisingly well prepared, whereas we may well, struggle to By living to in a fucking mountain range with all of the tunnels that access the country <laughs> loaded with explosives. In that respect, yes. Not in the sense that they all know how to use the fucking tool that gets stones out of horses' hooves. Whereas we may struggle to muster enough volunteers to fight, the terrible truth is that in our hunger for cheap labour and casual abandonment of our borders, which again, not to not to compare ourselves with Switzerland, which is which is a mountain range, but like our borders mm. are the sea, like it difficult yeah. to swim that also. Um, yeah, it is pretty tricky to swim the, the English Channel. I mean, just ask David Williams. <laughs> yeah. We have imported vast numbers of people whose primary allegiance is not to this country. Again, I, I should have mentioned how breathtakingly racist this is. Um, yeah, yeah. well, it's Isabel Oakshot, you know. Mm, but the thing the is telegraph. that people are, people are coming to this country because they've heard at what an excess of disabled parking spaces is. So <laughs> you got people because they're like, well, I'll get a fake blue batch because they hand them out to anyone who comes as an yeah. illegal immigrant. Make and then, hay um, while the sun shines. And then know? I'll park at Oxford Parkway Station. <laughs> you know, as we have seen in the appalling rise of anti-Semitism and seas of Palestinian flags on our streets, a disturbing right. number of those we have welcomed with open arms do not share our values. But so, it, it's mostly like not even immigrants who are yeah. protesting Palestine. Like I just don't under, like mm. what? It's just like people who were born here. A lot of white people also at the yeah. like, pro-Palestine protests. Mo mostly white. This country is 86% white. This is also the thing, like, they've, they've had to sort of, like, really expand what they mean by, like, immigrant and foreigner. 
And so like quite mm, often, mm. if you sort of follow their logic, they'll sort of like point to some, like a white person that was born in Britain and like very much has like a British main, like lots of Toms and like Stuarts and stuff. And be and like, like gonna- no, actually you're actually, you're going to be, you're going to be deported as well. Um, mm. And I feel like, and, and this, this I feel like is a very perfect example of like, basically how they expand or what they think of as like what constitutes an immigrant and a foreigner. And ultimately it does come down to like, well, you can be born in this country and you can speak the language and you can speak it with like an English inflection and you are still like not of here. Mm. Yeah. Because even from the woke bits like Hackney. That is the, that is the only way it works. Mm. And it gets worse too, because her next sentence says, indeed, some might even be readier to fight for the other side. So again, what's the other side, Isabel? Hamas, I guess, yeah. in this context. But like, again, if if Hamas is in, like, if we're in a war with Hamas, they've got a trek, right? Like, that's a yeah. hike to get to us. Yeah, it's tricky, and they don't <laughs> famously have much in the way of, um, you know, troop transport. Yeah. It's a long tunnel they'd have to dig from, you know, <laughs> the Mediterranean coast of Gaza to Dover. I'd love to see it. at that point if there were Hamas fighters from an adjoining tunnel breaking into the Euro tunnel, you would have to be like fair play Hamas. You've caught us yeah. off guard. G- guys sort of lifting a manhole cover in Piccadilly Circus, you know, <laughs> popping out wearing the like green headband. It's, it's one like, of those fuck. videos like the fucking like the the red arrow pointing at like a British police car parked on Oxford Street. <laughs> yeah i mean this is this is like again insane that you can publish this like fifth column enemy within shit in like Mm. a national newspaper as opposed to you know a sort of a national front newspaper Mm. but it it gets worse defense types bemoaning the sorry state of our armed forces and the naivete of the politicians who imagine that military engagement will always be a matter of choice like to quote leon trotsky's famous warning do they not be Apparently, you may not be interested in war, but it is interested in you. This is something the Swiss have fully understood. <laughs> Which I I want to know why this is happening, right? Because d- did she just go to Switzerland on holiday and just was like was told to bang out a column and was just like, uh, does this got a lot of troops? She was doing some mountain climbing in Switzerland and one of her Swiss Sherpas was like, careful with that ice pick and then a, and then an idea struck her. <laughs> just being like a weeb for Switzerland, you know? Yeah. Just like hanging out in Geneva for a bit too long and all of a sudden you're like, this is the greatest country on the face of the earth because there are warrior people. These are modern Spartans. <laughs> yeah, God. It, it really annoys me when I think about the Swiss for too long. it's so insane to me that a right-wing brit would go to switzerland and be like yeah we should be like these guys yeah i mean the swiss are authentically very racist but like not in a way that you would think an english racist would admire very much yeah because it's like in a in a way that they would surely think was gay like come on you know Mm. It's sort of it, like fretting about minarets, things of this nature. Yeah, exactly. Um, like you know, you, you've you've got to wear like a bell around your neck for a year if you want to get um, Swiss citizenship. So you understand being a cow or whatever the fuck it is, <laughs> depending on the canton. National service is compulsory for able-bodied young men who willingly spend eighteen weeks at boot camps. You just said to... compulsory. You just said the word. She said in the same sentence, national service is compulsory for able-bodied men who willingly, no. (laughs) Who who unwillingly spend 18 weeks of boot camps learning how to use weapons and getting fit. Uniforms and weapons are then kept at home, ready for rapid mobilization should the need arise. 
asked in 2013 if they wanted to keep this tradition, 73% of the Swiss electorate responded with a resounding yes. And mm. Nate, our producer, informs us that the average age of the Swiss voter is 42, and this had like a 47% turnout. So, uh. <laughs> sort of like if you ran a national service referendum today, it's like all of the old bastards who won't have to do it are like, yeah, fantastic, keeps the French, question mark, yeah. out. Because also, for national service, when you talk about people being too old to do it, you're talking anyone over the age of, like, 25. Like, yeah, that's basically genuinely. everyone. Like, so you can just gang up and just be like, yeah, sucks to be under 25. <laughs> <laughs> Contrast this attitude to the shocked reaction when General Sir Patrick Saunders this week suggested that in the event of all-out war with Russia, British citizens might need to do their bit. And so I think about this, all right. In the event of all-out war with Russia, I think my bit as a British citizen is to get, like, scattered across a fairly wide area fairly quickly. Yeah, like, I'll translate. Yeah, I will, I will get vaporised for this country, sort of not by choice, you know, just by virtue of being in it. But also, like, if Russia, Russia can't invade the UK because there's too much stuff in the middle. Like... Yeah, not as good as tunnelling at Hamas. Yeah, you know? that's right, exactly. They need to get some experts in from Hamas. So you know, they'd have to invade like the entire EU first. <laughs> and I, you know, call me call me a liberal lefty, but I can imagine some of the EU countries putting up something of a fight. <laughs> Especially the ones in Eastern Europe, to be honest with you. Um, and then and the Russian army is shit. They're bogged down in fucking Ukraine. Like, the Ukrainians, like, who is, you know, have a lot less military material than we do, are managing to, like, quite successfully hold off the Russians. I don't really... I'm not... Because also, that war would still be going on. Like, I'm not sure the Russians really have, like, the excess resources to be throwing at the UK. Just, like, just like getting the Ukrainians to just, like, hold it on sort of, like, an honour system thing while they invaded Britain. Just to, yeah. a, a, as a flex, I guess. <laughs> The chief of the general staff might as well have said we all head for the moon. The problem mm. is that this country is so bitterly divided that those who might be called upon to lay down their lives might very well wonder who or what they would be fighting for. Which, this is like tr such, like, having it both ways, right? Because if your whole deal has been culture war shit, then you've been the one doing the dividing. Like, mm, yeah. to, to say, oh, well, you know, what would you even be fighting for is in itself... Like perpetuating the. Uh. Mm. It's also it's like so dumb because it just ignores yeah. how like any of this stuff works. Like if if like you know some somehow by by fucking like magic the Russians managed to invade the UK, like the political effect would be massive. Like the the change in people's mentalities would be gigantic. Like the reason why no one wants to volunteer to fight Russia is because we're not fighting fucking Russia. <laughs> if, there was, if Russia was suddenly killing your nan, more people would volunteer to fight Russia. But they're not. Matt Hancock was killing your nan. That's why people don't like him. Very, very few people volunteering to fight Matt Hancock. Yeah, Interesting. Uh, no, I think the, more the, people should do that. That should be the enhanced game. They give Matt Hancock every anabolic steroid available, and then he fights increasingly large, aggrieved British voters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think it used to like increase the number of voters in the octagon with anabolic Matt Hancock, you know, sort yeah, of yeah, round yeah. by round, you know. 
Yeah. But the, it turns out it's Woke's fault, right? Injecting him with Viagra, Matt Hardcock. Yeah. At the heart of what could become an existential crisis, and again, I can feel the sort of like, uh, like hunger in that, is not only the failure of multiculturalism, but the way Generation Z has been taught to feel about their country. Force-fed a miserable diet of post-colonial guilt, not by our enemies, but by the British state, which fucking where? What? I, I, I mean, listen, it's been a while since I was at school, right? But I don't remember the post-colonial guilt module. Kind of the opposite of that, to be honest. Yeah, I don't think teachers are teaching like Edward Said. Um, if I'm if I'm if I'm being if I'm if I'm being completely honest, was that in between buggery and div? These days, you go into history class and your teacher throws a copy of Jaysakai's Settlers at you and and tells you that <laughs> you are sort of a genocide there. Mm. Many young people are openly ashamed of our history. They take little right. to no pride in any aspect of our past and question whether we have the moral authority to challenge those who threaten our way of life. In any aspect of our past. Any aspect of it, yeah. So, not just, not the bad things, you know, any of the bad things that we, you know, admit that we did. No, it turns mm. out that the, the young people, the youths. But it's also just like, okay, well, all the good things that did happen, like, in Britain, like, yeah, but they're, they're not going to happen anymore. Stuff like yeah. the welfare state yeah. or like, you know, the structure of society, like the post-war society. Mm. That is very clear. And it's sort of been advanced by people like Isabel. Yeah, that's genuinely. not going to happen anymore. And so it's sort of like, it's sort of like. Can't even have a disabled parking space anymore. <laughs> you can't even have a disabled parking space. Well, you can't even park in a disabled parking space anymore. Like this is, again, I think this all goes back to, and so much of it, it always comes back to projection. But as you sort of mentioned, Alice, like. The world that they're complaining about is the world that like they have helped build and like are still very much on top of that world. And also the fact that like she is writing in the only newspaper that the current government read is mm. enough to sort of suggest mm. that like, okay, well, if you want to change that in any way, like you you can do you're like you can do that better than most other people, right? And so the fact that you're sort of complaining, like you again, you're like you want to have your cake, you want to like complain about eating your cake as well. I don't. Yeah, it's it, it's it's the it's the enhanced games of crying because you got what you wanted. Mm. Right, and <laughs> crying acid lime green tears. Yeah, of having made this country like a place which is so shit that people mm. don't necessarily want to fight for it because you've destroyed all of the sort of like social fabric. That, that people liked about it. But, you know, th that's not what they want. They want the kind of patriotism that is A, racist, and B, involves, like, doing as you're told, right? Commandeer, mm. we have landed at Dover, and it is replacement bus now. <laughs> 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 Let's invade France instead. Generation Z have been so indoctrinated about the evils of empire and supposed, big air quotes here, racism exhibited by Brexit that it is quite possible to imagine them arguing that in the event of war we will deserve what we get. I mean, I listen, I think maybe if you want to see that post, you can see it on Twitter, but I wouldn't generalize too much from it. Mostly because it's like, it's such a hypothetical, right? Like the Russians or Hamas or whatever are not killing your nan. Like there's no getting that we are or aren't deserving. It's yeah. just like, 
worst case right now, the treats get a bit more expensive, you know? It's also very funny that she's kind of conflating very, very different political ideologies. Like, to her, people who oppose Brexit and people who are kind of like online tankies who are like, Britain will get what it deserves is like the same guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like Lib Dem guy in a blue t-shirt, like attending the Wooferendum is actually a, like a hardline posadist. Like there's no, there's no light and shade in these sort of different ideologies. Yeah. Yeah. St- Stalinist who believes that the EU is a sort of historically progressive force yeah. or something. Anyone to the left of like Boris Johnson is Lenin. Yeah. So she talks to, to Marine Todd or whatever. She says, A highly decorated young veteran who recently, who repeatedly risked his life and lost comrades during three tours of Afghanistan. This remarkable young veteran. Yeah, this remarkable young veteran told me he would not fight for his country <laughs> now. But well, he's gone woke. Your, he's gone woke. That's your guy. Why? Yeah. Because our left-leaning establishment denigrates those who used to be called patriots as right-wing extremists, all the while pandering to those who do not wish us well. That guy doesn't wish us well, because he's clearly a fucking right-wing extremist! Like, also, we he... never called people patriots in the UK, that is yank no, shit. it is. <laughs> Imagine being a patriot for this country. Like, not in the sense of like, oh, this country is always shit in the, like, sort of Maoist tanky way, but like, just imagine doing that, like taking the initiative to go and do that instead of just being like, yeah, it's shit, but also, you know, I live here. It's not in our culture. We have a different type of like queen and country yeah. guy. It's a yeah. different energy. Being I'm a fucking patriot is is American. You can't <laughs> be a patriot of Britain. No, and she, she, she's sort of right about that one. Uh, then, then there's some like weird like thing that was only ever a news story to like extremely online racist nutcases about the police uh, choosing to apparently back a bunch of complaining Chinese tourists over a British bloke innocently playing a public piano. No clue what that's about. We really have a problem. In modern Britain, apparently it is no longer acceptable to state this is not China. Is it any wonder that it's so difficult to raise an army? These days... You say it's not China, you'll get arrested and thrown in jail. (laughs) (laughs) Well... Yeah, Yeah, the the Chinese cab driver will turn around to you and say something in Chinese which you won't understand. And then you say this isn't China and he just drives you straight to the police station, you know, where you'll be arrested. Incredible things are happening in London. <laughs> the other thing is, right, if if the turn here is that we should be afraid of China making war on us, they've got even more of a journey. Like, the fucking, the tunnel does not exist that gets you from, like, the sort of South China Sea, or the first mm. island chain, to <laughs> London, right? It's just like, this is all at some long remove, and it's just, mm. in, it's an insane thing to, to, to thread this needle of, like, being extremely racist against Chinese people, but extremely pro-Swiss. And yeah. I just, <laughs> I think it's so cool of the Telegraph to have hired a Hearts of Iron player to to really get into the sort of, like, esoteric flag-fucking. Yeah, this is nice. I mean, look, I mean, China is further away, but on the other hand, if they invaded us, it would be a lot more scary. True. Because but- China has got their shit together. Like, Mm. Russia, not so concerned. Not got their shit together, like, at all. They've got their shit together even less than us. (laughs) China, on the (laughs) other hand, 
Mm. Got quite a lot yeah. of their shit together, I reckon. Wouldn't like to fight uh, those guys. But in, in that case, we should just face them off against the Swiss, who apparently are all like eight foot tall Spartans, and therefore, you know, like we can watch them duke it out, and it'll be the enhanced games of war. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess my sole question as we finish out this reading series is, boys, in the event, are we? Are, are you dying for country? Are you? Are you heeding the sort of clarion call, or are you too woke to do it because you think that Britain can't be good? I'm dying for Switzerland. I'm getting out the fucking nail file. I'm, I'm, I'm putting on the white jeans, the white shirt, and the white cowboy boots and white cowboy hat. I'm listening to one final, uh, you know, David Guetta album, and then I'm charging at the enemy. Yeah, defecting to Switzerland, the chaos option, because they're so much better at war than us, you know? Yeah. <laughs> they're less, they're right. less woke. They're Despite less woke. never having fought one. Yeah, I'm I'm joining, but I'm only joining because I really want the experience of like drinking Bovril. Uh, <laughs> like, you know, I, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, sure. it won't obviously, yeah, like more just for like nostalgia's sake. Like, if, in the event of an actual war, like it's very unlikely that anyone is drinking Bovril or doing that. But I do want the experience <laughs> yeah, no, of having yeah. it, like having yeah. it from a paper cup. You, you you're applying to this on the on the same way as like for a gap year thing where you're like where I think it would really <laughs> round out my CV mm. and give me a lot of life yeah. experience, yeah. you know. Yeah. Hussein reciting the shahada to dying British soldiers thereby turning them Muslim. Right. That's right. His commanding officer knows he's doing this. Yeah, I'm jo- I'm joining I'm joining but for the sake of diversifying my content offering. Um cuz <laughs> I'm thinking I'm thinking I'm, think- I'm thinking long-term strategy here. And I think all the sort of IDF TikToks like have really given me some inspiration uh, oh, for that. I, British I, Army TikToks don't make me imagine them being the Big John of uh, of, of British yeah. Army TikTok <laughs> and just like just mm. like saying like Bovril Bosch and stuff like that. Big, Bosch. Big, Big John Army Sniper, just like a supercut <laughs> of him just like shooting people yeah. in the head, and after everyone going, yeah, yeah, I'm jo- I'm joining the Bosch Death Squads. <laughs> That's Personally, right. I'm 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 holding out hope that podcasting is a reserved occupation, like mining used to be. Yeah, and we're yeah. sort of like we're all held back. Ideally, right? The the way that we would finesse this is I would get given a uniform and a rank, and I wouldn't have to do anything, and I could just make yeah, you're the, in the podcasting core. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That like go and sort of like motivate the troops uh, in our sort of like joint war with the Swiss against the perfidious anti-piano playing Chinese mm. army. I guess <laughs> this is this has been maybe one of the like morally worst reading series I've found. It's dreadful businessmen. Their selfie sticks are far longer than we could ever have imagined. <laughs> Fix bayonets. Yeah. Well, this is also the other thing, like very quickly, which is that like if yeah. you're like basically having a Gen Z war, hmm. if we're doing a Gen Z war, like the real yeah, issue it's, that you have it's is all that, like fat, so versus, ma- yeah. fat and woke and gay on both sides. Yeah, but they're all making content, and this is going to be the other issue. It's just like, well, no one's going to fight each other. Because they're too busy making content, ah, right? You know, and so a, you have like, yeah. so yeah, so you have like the invasion by like you know China and like all those kids who are like making like lots of actually quite funny like content, and then British kids who are just like, well, when the war is over, no one's going to give me a job, so like I have to also make content. Yeah, the the their positions getting given away by like the vape clouds coming from their positions, <laughs> you know? deflossing corporal. And that's right. It'll be like, oh, did like you know, did some munitions get fired? No, that's just a guy blowing some sick, some sick clouds. Hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> Doing the, the, clearly the synthesis. The synthesis of this is 
People's Liberation Army Navy uh, landing vessel doing donuts in the Thames in memory of Captain Tom. <laughs> Giving out your position to the drones because like you just can't stop vaping. <laughs> They're like, we respected your Captain Tom. We believe he was Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the tactical vape, you know, the vape of a, a scent that sort of like blends into the battlefield. Something like, uh, for instance, like, I don't know, maybe steak, uh, tapenade. <laughs> You know, mm. this is the thing. We're gonna we're gonna rebrand the the savory vape into a tactical. Vape. I have also been conscripted into the army, and I've made friends <laughs> with the men in my unit by bringing along my collection of savory vapes. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been all I've I've gathered together. How have we enjoyed uh, our various desserts? What a delight! I mean, I'm excited to get lobotomized Riley back. Yeah. I've enjoyed all the treats. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for listening. We have a Patreon. You can subscribe to it. You can listen to a bonus episode. You can listen to a bonus episode once a week, in fact. That's how often they come out. Do we have anything anything to plug? Milo, do you have tour dates? Oh, god damn right I do. Uh, Hell yeah. 11th of February, London, my special taping. Please come to that. Tickets for that are almost sold out. Uh, 18th of February, very importantly, Leicester. I'm doing two shows. I'm doing Sentimental and a work in progress. Uh, those, that's in a big room, so please buy tickets to that if you're in the East Midlands general area. 3rd of March, I'm doing Sentimental in Brighton. And throughout March and April, I am in... Brisbane, Melbourne, Sydney, Newcastle, New South Wales, Canberra, Adelaide, and Perth. Please buy tickets to all of those. It is very expensive to go to the other side of the earth. Hell yeah. Yeah. Tickets on my website. Always. Subscribe to the Patreon, and we will see you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.